The El Conservador Radio Show is sponsored by George Rodriguez on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Time for the El Conservador Radio Show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador, George Rodriguez. Howdy, 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 my friends. George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Welcome to our show, my friends, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. And we've got a great lineup for you today. Uh, I don't want to take too much time with the intros. Uh, just to tell you that um, uh, our first guest is going to be Tom, Tom Holman, the uh, uh, former ICE director, as well as we've also got Dan Lyman all the way from uh, Europe uh, talking about uh, what uh, how Europe is responding with immigration and the, and the COVID pandemic. We've also got Mr. Todd Benzman from the Center for Immigration Studies, and Todd's going to be talking to us about uh, this uh, demand that uh, all of these lawsuits and the demands to have uh, illegal alien detainees be released uh, because of the fears of the pandemic, uh, of the of the epidemic in the uh, detention centers. Finally, we've got Mr. Dave Ray with the Federation for Immigra- for American Immigration Reform. And Dave, uh, talking to us all the way from D.C., is going to be chatting with us about uh, the issue of uh, guest workers particularly in a time of uh, high unemployment in the United States. So without further ado, let's go to our first guest, uh, Mr. Tom Holman, the former ICE director. He's, uh, he's become a very good friend. And, uh, Tom, I wanted to ask you about this situation, this uh, announcement from the president uh, regarding the uh, limiting immigration, if not banning in some cases, uh, immigration, as some of the, some of the media outlets are, are uh, claiming. So uh, can you talk to us and tell us, explain to us what's going on here? How does it affect I think I, I think he's put a pause on you know, a certain class of uh, immigration. Uh, those who are coming here seeking permanent resident status, he's put a pause. He's suspending it for now, for, at least for 60 days, uh, in the middle of this pandemic. And he's done it for two reasons. Number one, um, we don't need to you know, continue to spread this virus. And, and, and for the left, you know, the left is, you know, of course, calling the president, okay, this, this decision was even phobic, it's all racism, it's, it's just standard Trump. You know, here's a leftist saying we shouldn't reopen the economy. It's too early. We still need to, you know, hunker down in place. We need social distancing. But you can't demand that at the same time be okay with thousands of people entering this country from foreign lands. You just can't. You can't have it both ways. So this president made a decision for two reasons. Number one, we don't need thousands of more people coming to the country during the sensible time when we just start to turn the corner of this pandemic. We don't need ad cases. And I'm not saying everybody comes in is is, is, is has it or is symptomatic. I'm saying, we, why, why add to the problem? Look, we got a, we got a serious pandemic going on. We're, we're turning the corner. Let's just let's just suspend it for 60 days, bring less people in from foreign countries. That's what the president's doing. And he's also, you know, in these this class of immigrants coming in, they take a lot of jobs in the United States, and we got 20 million people unemployed uh, Americans who. Uh, who don't know if they'll have a job when the economy gets turned back on. Uh, most of the jobs hopefully will come back, but there's some companies, I think we all got to agree, some companies are, are not going to be able to come back to be bankrupt. So why not save any work opportunities, employment opportunities, once we turn this corner for Americans? Americans should be first in line. So the president is doing exactly what the United States president should be doing. He's protecting America. He's protecting the health and safety. He's protecting job opportunities for him. That's what we respect the president to do. And that's what we respect the Democratic uh, congressmen and senators to do. So the ones that are out there, you know, Gary Nadler and uh, your guy over there in Austin, uh, Castro, they want, they want to attack the president for this decision. Are you kidding me? Joe Biden's attacking for this decision. Are you kidding me? This is what the president, this is exactly what the president of the United States to do. So I think it's a great decision made by a great president. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't understand how, you know, uh, how congressmen uh, can be against the idea of, uh, of, of jobs for Americans and uh, the health of the country. I mean, I, I just it, it's amazing to me. That also plays into this whole idea of how they are demanding. A lot of them are demanding, um, for example, the, the Hispanic caucus in, uh, in the House has been demanding uh, the release of, uh, of uh, detainees all over the place. All because of the, yeah. of the virus. No one wants to ice detaining. No one wants to give them a death sentence, right? Because violation of criminal law should end a death sentence. But look, ICE is already doing 
what a lot of other facilities are doing. They're looking at their population. If there's someone there that is at extreme risk because of their age or let's say they have a, a weakened immune system or something, they have some sort of documented medical issue, they're not a public safety threat, can they be released? And uh, can they release on ankle braces? So they, they make these decisions even before this pandemic. They make the decision every day. They look, ICE detains about 2% of the illegal aliens that are arrested in this country and are going through the process. They, they detain very little. As we know, there's over a million out here that are uh, on the docket, yet there's 30,000 detained. Do the math. So they make decisions every day on who should be detained, who shouldn't be detained, but no one's going. No one should dictate that ICE release everybody because a lot of these people are significant public safety threats. If you look at ICE, who ICE re- arrested in the, in the interior of the United States just last year, 89%. That's 9 out of 10 of everybody ICE arrested in the interior United States is a convicted criminal or was pending criminal charged at the time they arrested in Pongo County Jail. Some of these people cannot be released for their public safety threat, for God's sake. And also, you got to look at 70% of ICE detainees are in detention because they're congressionally mandated. The law states they're mandatorily detained. They can't be released. So ICE is making, you know, they got they got twice as many medical professionals per detainee as any federal or state system out there. They, uh, their, their death in custody is the lowest in the country. So they have a great medical program. ICE is doing the best they can at difficult circumstances. They've already released several hundred people they thought was at risk of COVID that weren't public safety threats. ICE is doing their job, and they're, and they're doing it well. The let me, let me ask you this about um, uh, getting back a little bit to the to the H uh, two uh, visas and H one visas uh, that uh, uh, might be affected by this by the president's policy. Uh, we had heard a lot, particularly from uh, from magazines like Forbes and uh, the Wall Street Journal, that some of the um, uh, some of the growers might be uh, severely, in fact, uh, affected or were going to be severely affected. Uh, by the lack of uh, of agriculture workers, which really smacked of uh, of you know that's the only reason that we want uh, aliens uh, alien labor, but uh, I mean we're talking about illegal a- a- alien labor to a large degree in their in their industry, are we not? Yeah, well, look, you got to look at you know the president's executive order that he's signing. There's there's there's, a, there's, there's exceptions to it. Uh, the exceptions are people who work in the uh, food industry to make sure we have that steady flow of food, especially during this pandemic. And so there's there's cutouts for them. There's cutouts for medical workers. So he, he has exemptions to some people. He, he wants our supply chain to continue. So he, he made some exemptions to this uh, to this new EO. But the EO only affects those that are coming in for us at aliens. It doesn't affect, uh, you know, technical workers, uh, temporary workers like H-1B and, you know, H2B, which I think they should, because even before this pandemic, H1B, you know, the high tech uh, people that work in the IT world, they, they even before this pandemic, they display they they have displaced thousands of, of, of U.S. workers. So now is a perfect opportunity. If, if I was the president, he mentioned during his uh, press briefing yesterday that he may change the CEO, may expand it sometime down the road based on you know uh, what's going on. I think one place he could expand it, expand it. More than just those seeking permanent residency, I think you should expand it to temporary guest workers, especially like the H-1B uh, program. They, again, they're high-paying jobs, high-salary jobs, and Americans ought to get the first shot at these jobs. So I think you should expand the EO. People will go crazy. No, they'll hate on me even more for saying that. But <laughs> I think the EO he, he, he signed is great. I think it's going to save a lot of jobs, but I think it can even do more if you add not immigrants to it. It's a first step. Uh, here at the end, uh, tell us about your book because uh, I know you you published and you're published a new book and uh, tell tell the folks about it. Well, the book came out a couple weeks ago. You know, it's coincidence yesterday that the president actually tweeted it out. Uh, uh, the book, so I appreciate that. He has a lot of followers. But look, it's a book I wrote on frustration because of what's going on, like like today, right? There, there's so much false narrative going out there. Yeah, I, I listen to Joe Biden. The things he says are just false when it comes to immigration. Most of the Democratic congressional leadership. I wrote on the frustration because, you know, I can't 
I can't explain this on a six or seven minute Fox set, and I certainly can't explain my testify in front of Hill who turns into an argument, and a lot of them shut me down, don't want to hear the truth. So I thought of frustration, says, you know, I want, I want to, there's one way, no one can shut me up, and no one, you know, there's no time limit, I'll write a book. I never thought I'd write a book, but I wrote a book for one purpose, because I'm sick and tired of false narrative. I'm sick and tired of the vilification of ICE and Border Patrol. So I wrote a book that, that number one, tell the American people what Border Patrol ICE do, and most importantly, what they don't do. I also wrote that, you know, I want to educate the American people that illegal immigration is not a victimless crime. There's a criminal underbelly to all this, where 31% of women are being raped to make their journey. Children are dying. Cartels are making millions of dollars a year. Enough old boys come across that border to kill 68,000 people last year. I want to explain to the American people what really goes on behind the scenes and why I am so emotional about this issue and why I get angry about this issue. Because I tell some stories in the book, things I've seen, cases I've investigated that turned my stomach. I, it gave me nightmares to this day. And I share them with, you know, in this book, hoping people understand um, that there's illegal immigration, not victimless crime. There's a lot of serious stuff going behind the scenes, so no one should support illegal immigration. It isn't, it isn't simple. It isn't victimless. And I'm hoping that people put the book down because I talk about how it should be fixed. And it's not that hard. Congress could do it in, in, in a couple of days. Um, so hopefully people read the book, number one. If, if you like me, you understand why I take the position I am. If you hate me, you may not like me, but you're going to understand me. And I think for those American patriots that believe we should have a sovereign nation, a secure border, they're going to, they're going to write in the last few paragraphs, they're going to learn why we got a great president right now and what they can do, what they can ask for congressmen and senators to do to, to, to fix this problem once and for all. Tell the folks where they can find it and get it, buy it. First, you know, a couple places, you know, you know, they built a, a website they called TomHomanSpeaks.com. You can, you can, there's a couple of links there from major book retailers. You can hit the link there. Or you can go straight to Amazon. Amazon's been selling a lot of them. Um, again, it's, it's, it's called Defend the Border and Save Lives, and it's it's doing very well. It's getting a lot of five-star heads on 4.7 last time. Of course, you, your liberal haters get down there and don't even buy the book. They want to rate it low and try to hurt you, but they're not going to hurt me. You know, I've been, they've been, Trying to beat up on me for years, I just I just brush him off. So <laughs> getting good ratings, it's uh, it's doing well. And again, uh, I wrote it for one reason, one reason only. I was frustrated, and I want to tell American people, you know, why this is broken, why it needs to be fixed. Oh, well. Tom, thank you very much for being with us today. Take uh, take good care of yourself, and we'll chat again soon enough. Folks, we'll be right back with our next guest. Stay tuned. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. Hello, El Conservador listeners. If you are interested in following George Rodriguez, El Conservador, we invite you to follow him at his Internet website, elconservador.net. You can also follow him on Facebook at George Rodriguez El Conservador and on Twitter at El Conservador for daily commentaries. You can also purchase his book, El Conservador, Conservative Opinions, online at Amazon.com. The book contains essays and commentaries about illegal immigration, fake news, and race relations. If you are interested in inviting El Conservador to speak to your group or event, please contact him through Facebook or through the station at 930amtheanswer.com. El Conservador thanks you for your support. Keep the fire of freedom burning. Howdy, 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 my friends. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. And we've got our good friend Dan Lyman with InfoWars in Europe calling us all the way from Switzerland. And uh, I wanted to reach out to Dan so that he could talk to us and tell us uh, about um, the uh, immigration policies that European countries are using or having uh, regarding the uh, how they're adjusting and working with the uh, COVID uh, epidemic, the pandemic. So uh, welcome to the show, Dan, as usual. Thank you for taking time to be with us. Uh, tell us, how are European countries handling this um, the immigration issue? Uh, right now in the face of uh, this pandemic. Hey, George, always good to be with you as well. Thanks for having me back. Uh, let's see. Things in Europe have uh, have been as interesting as they are everywhere, as you can imagine. You know, we were one of the first uh, areas to really get hit with this. 
pandemic, the Chinese virus uh, it basically came directly from China into northern Italy in the Milan region, and from there it's been spreading. And as you can also imagine, being here in Switzerland, we're very, very close to Italy. And so uh, we've had quite a large exposure as well in many cases. So it's definitely been uh, definitely been the hot zone here. Uh, thankfully, I'm not really in any in a city, so things are a little bit cooler out here in the countryside, up in the mountains. We're we're not quite as uh, as hammered as they are. And for instance, in the Ticino Canton of Switzerland, they've had a much bigger issue there. But uh, yeah, so uh, in regards to uh, your original question about immigration. Um, a lot of the flights, of course, now are uh, not coming, you know, a lot of flights have just not coming and going between Europe and other parts of the world, although there are, the last that I checked, there are still flights arriving from China at Paris Charles de Gaulle Airport, which is just shocking to me, and other <laughs> oh airports in, the, in Europe are still receiving flights from China. Um, but in general, things have definitely slowed down. Tourism is, of course, way down. Um, in terms of workers coming into Europe from abroad, that's way down at, at the moment right now. Um, but uh, in terms of the migration itch issue, illegal migration, uh, specifically, that is still going on. And the redistribution of migrants, uh, so-called refugees, specifically from the islands in Greece, has started recently. Um, uh, right at the beginning of the coronavirus crisis, as it started here in Europe, uh, right at that same time, Turkey actually, I think we might have spoken about this last time, but Turkey, Turkey basically unleashed a wave of migrants from Turkey, and they were basically pushing them into Greece and aiding them. There's a lot of evidence that the Turkish police and the border security there were actually helping them uh, basically uh, attack the Greek border patrols. And that went on for days, even weeks. So it was very, very uh, hotly contested at the border of uh, Greece and Turkey and a little bit of, on the border of Bulgaria as well. And so um, it was really shocking to be kind of watching these two different crises unfold in Europe at the same time. And I would imagine that Erdogan and the Turkish government uh, saw that as an opportunity to, to hit a, with a double whammy on Europe. Thankfully, they were not very successful. Not too many migrants made it into Greece at that time. And the, the, uh, the Greek authorities, along with with help from some other agencies uh, around Europe, they were able to actually battle them back. And now the latest on that front is that they may be preparing for a sea invasion <laughs> from uh, onto the Greek islands, which are already just totally overwhelmed with migrants there. So that's the latest in the last couple of days. It looks like Turkey might be amassing migrants at the at the um, the coast there. Let me let me ask you this real quick. Um, given that uh, that scenario, that uh, push that's going on. Where uh, is the U.N. refugee uh, office on this, on that? Are they uh, being silent? Are they encouraging it? Are, are they condemning Greece? Uh, wh wh what are they saying about it? There, there was some pressure uh, on Greece in the initial push uh, on the land border uh, about a month ago or so. Um, and, but it was so blatant and such a – there was so much footage coming out that really – it looked like a violent invasion, which is exactly what it was, and it was so blatant at the time that even some of these uh, globalists, even the, the European Union officials, uh, even Merkel and Macron, they, they all had to basically say this is this is unacceptable behavior, um, and which was rare. And I was very suspicious of that because uh, typically they wouldn't come out against that. They would demand, of course, that the borders be open. But it was just so glaringly awful. The optics were so bad that they actually didn't put a lot of pressure on Greece, and they even. Uh, sent some money their way, although they didn't really send too much help in, in the way of actual manpower on the ground to help propel that. And there actually is evidence that Frontex, which is basically the EU's uh, border security forces, which uh, it's dubious as to what their role really is, some of them were sent there uh, down to the border there, especially on the water in boats, and there was evidence that, that some of them were actually defying the Greek government and helping migrants to actually reach Greek islands. So uh, there was a bit of a covert operation, in my opinion, to facilitate their crossing. And I would imagine if they do uh, attempt to execute uh, a mass wave coming across the sea, you, you, there will be some um, subversive action on the part of the EU and the UNHCR, because they're always, always attempting to facilitate the crossing of migrants from the third world into Europe. Wow, that's a you know that 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 is really really outrageous as well as just very disturbing that uh, you know the, that uh, the 
United Nations and the the EU would put up with with the, such behavior and and, and and well, basically an invasion. Absolutely, definitely. Um, I, I'm not sure what the UN's role was uh, originally in, in the original uh, wave last month, but I do know that the EU did get involved and Frontex, and as well as uh, I believe it was the Danish um, the Danish border force. They sent a ship down to the Mediterranean supposedly to help the Greeks. Uh, helped them to battle back some of the boat landings, and, and they openly and proudly defied the Greek orders to repel any boats coming for the Greek islands, and they actually brought a whole uh, shipload of, of migrants to the Greek island and said it was essentially their humanitarian duty, and they didn't really care what the Greeks had to say about it. It's, it's pretty wild the way that things go, and Greece already has such a hard enough time almost single-handedly holding back just wave upon wave of, of migrants, and, and thousands upon thousands of them are still successful. Wow. What about the other, uh, besides this uh, hot spot in, 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 on the Greek-Turkish uh, border, uh, what about the other uh, communities, or, or nations, rather? Uh, how are they, uh, I mean, I guess like Italy, you're, but, but you're telling me that uh, Chinese flights are still coming in? Oh, my gosh. As of the last time that I checked, about a week ago, I was checking some of the flight radar, and there were still flights coming in from, I believe it was Shanghai to Charles de Gaulle. So uh, I found that to be shocking. I mean, you would think that that would have they would have put an end to that at least temporarily. But uh, as of last, I saw that that was still going on. Yes, uh, I have seen that there have been some some migrants landing on the islands of Italy, which has been going on for years now. That's still happening. There are still NGO ships, which are the um, the non governmental organizations that operate these quote-unquote rescue missions in the Mediterranean that basically act as ferries looking to, uh, for migrants looking to come from Africa uh, to Europe. They are still in operation as well. And the, the latest that's going on now, going back actually to the Greek islands, but this now becomes a broader European issue, is that you have leftists and globalist politicians around Europe who have been pushing for the relocation of quote-unquote unaccompanied children, minors, that are uh, there are thousands of them uh, on the Greek islands. So that actually just started yesterday. They just began resettling them around Europe, and you have uh, Luxembourg actually just took the first 12, and they want that basically use that as an example to pressure other uh, governments to take more migrant children from the islands there in Greece. Uh, you have politicians in Germany who are pushing for them to be housed in the hotels now because the hotels are mostly empty due to the lack of tourism. And you have uh, them saying, basically, we can take 1,000, we can take 1,500, no problem. Now, the issue that arises there is that many studies have been conducted on, quote-unquote, migrant children arriving in Europe, and, and oftentimes they are found to be adults, sometimes quite old in their 30s or 4-year-olds who have claimed to be high school-aged. Uh, there have stu been studies that have proven that 75% of a test tested group uh, that claims to be children are actually adults, and those tests have been conducted uh, in many countries around Europe, and they produce similar results. So when we're talking about migrant ch children, I always put a quote around that or asterisk. An asterisk, yeah. So uh, here in the closing minutes, and we, we only have a, a couple of minutes left, um, what do you think we in the United States could learn from this, uh, from the European experience right now? the United States can learn from is to look at how the countries that have been comparatively successful in stemming the spread uh, of coronavirus ha are the ones that acted very quickly to seal their borders immediately. Uh, the Czech Republic, when they sealed their borders, it was basically nobody in, nobody out, and they even considered doing that for two years, which is, of course is a bit extreme, but this, these are the measures that governments, for instance, in Poland, the Czech, uh, in Hungary, that they took very quick action. Uh, in terms of sealing the border. So that's one thing that, that I think that should be done, should have been done in the States early on. I would have liked to have seen the president ignore all criticism and just shut the border, shut all flights from China. Uh, eventually he did shut them down a bit and, and also the flights from Europe, but I don't think that it was done soon enough. So that's one thing that can be learned is that tight borders are, are very good preventative against spreading uh, contagious diseases. And the other thing that I think that can be learned, and a lot of these European countries have, have now realized, especially Italy, is that trying to put your faith in these supranational bodies such as the EU or the UN, uh, it really means nothing when, when push comes to shove. Italy says they have basically been ignored by the EU, and the evidence there is that they have been. So I think that every country is essentially needs to realize that they're in this on their own. They're out on their own, and they need to 
focused on providing for themselves and their own people before they, they count on other countries or participate in, uh, in trying to help other countries out of these, these situations. It's that, it's that same uh, adage, when you're on a plane, uh, you put your mask on first before you help anybody else. And I think that that's how countries need to approach situations like these. So I think the U.S. can learn from both of those lessons. Wonderful. Geez, Dan, that, you know, fantastic. I, I, a, a, an American first policy uh, for immigration. I can't, I can, geez, that sounds so revolutionary. Dan, thank you very, very much for being with us. Tell the folks how they can follow you and uh, where, where uh, they can read more of your articles uh, and, and commentaries. Absolutely. You can always find me on Twitter at Citizen Analyst. And rather than plug where my work goes these days, I'd like to plug a new project that we just launched this week, and I encourage everyone to check out. It's called BorderHawk.News, BorderHawk.News. And uh, at, that, uh, at that website now, we are uh, hand-curating immigration and nationalism and globalism-related content on a daily basis and putting it all in one place where everyone can visit a single website. And then you can uh, peruse the page as you like and click on stories that interest you and go read them at the source. So borderhawk.news is our new project. Wonderful. Thank you very much for being with us, Dan. Once again, we've been talking with Dan Lyman all the way from Europe. Uh, from InfoWars in Europe. Thank you very much for being with us, Dan. My pleasure. Take care. Howdy, 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 my friends. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio, The Answer. And uh, we've got our good friend, uh, David Ray from uh, FAIR, the Federation uh, for uh, the um, the Federation American uh, Immigration Reform, and uh, he uh, I reached out to him because uh, we want to talk about how and I'll use this phrase how backhanded some of the uh, state and local governments uh, are trying to. Uh, serve illegal aliens using money the the covid panel the covid uh uh money that uh, is coming to them here in san antonio for example we've got uh the uh the city government uh of course them asking for money but they've got a program uh a a a, a city program that serves uh, the legal fees of uh, illegal aliens, and uh, some of that money undoubtedly is going to get funneled into that. So, uh, welcome to the show, Dave. What can you tell us about this uh, this situation with the relief that's coming from uh, from the federal government for this for the COVID nineteen relief and um, how it's uh, being used for illegal aliens? Hey, George. Uh, great to be with you again, my friend, and. Uh you know, I'm sure everyone at this point is well aware of you know, how states have been crying poor mouth to the federal government, uh, and and for good reason, because this coronavirus has kind of cut us off, cut us all off at the kneecaps uh, in terms of hitting us with all these costs while our local economies have collapsed. But we've seen several instances where kind of state and local politicians and municipalities are crying poor mouth for more federal funds and then quietly or somewhat covertly trying to uh, push those federal funds towards helping illegal aliens and providing coronavirus uh, relief bills to illegal aliens. In California, Governor Newsom, now, you know, California is a sanctuary state. Uh, how they get around that, uh, uh, or how they get away with that, is anyone's uh, anyone's question. But I'll tell you, it is uh, dumbfounding that you can aid and abet illegal aliens and not find yourself in trouble with uh, federal officials. But anyways, uh, Governor Gavin Newsom is working uh, to try to take some uh, state and local uh, funds and and give relief packages to illegal aliens specifically. The argument being, you know, the, the state's illegal alien population has lost its job, their jobs, because of the coronavirus. George, it's illegal for them to be working in the first place, so that shouldn't even be an issue. <laughs> and if they've lost their jobs and they need to go home, that's better for all of us. 
Exactly. And we're not having to pay to deport them. They're leaving on their own volition. And then the jobs that they filled can be filled by Americans once the economy opens back up. We do have 16 million uh, Americans who filed for unemployment. So, you know, I mean, it, it kind of ignores the fact that California is already spending $23 billion annually on illegal immigration. That's probably largely a result of the fact that they're offering so many freebies to illegal aliens. But, you know, in Chicago, you have uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot, who signed an executive order uh, allowing illegal aliens to receive uh, coronavirus benefits from um, Chicago's Small Business Resiliency Fund. Once again, the argument being they've all been put out of work, uh, jobs that they're not allowed to have anyways by law, and now we need to help provide a bailout to them. Um, so it just goes to show you how creative state and local politicians can be uh, and how sneaky they can be. While at the same time, think about California. You, you know, they're saying our illegal alien population is suffering from the coronavirus. Meanwhile, they have the highest number of homeless people in the country and I believe the highest number of homeless veterans in the country and how, how they might be focusing on those American heroes as opposed to the illegal alien population uh, is a good question to ask. It's, it's, it really is, you know, dumbfounding to me how these, uh, these folks can justify uh, giving money to illegal aliens, people who a are not supposed to be here in the first place, who have bro- who have literally entered the country illegally, and who are working uh, without permission, and who are uh, using up uh, services. Now, right. uh, you know, all of this just seems to go over the head of uh, of these politicians. Yeah. Furthermore, George, uh, the other point that's worth noting is that when somebody's in the country illegally, they've never gone through a criminal background check or a health inspection. Uh, So let's just assume that they're healthy for the sake of argument. But they could be an escaped felon from a Salvadoran prison. They could be, you know, a narcotics king linked to, uh, you know, El Chapo or what have you. You have no idea who these folks really are. Many of them are living here under false IDs. I mean, take, for example, people here on the federal level that are now starting to argue that illegal aliens should get the same $1,200 federal relief bill, uh, federal relief check that, that U.S. citizens and permanent resident aliens are getting. I mean, how is that exactly going to work? Most of, uh, many of them are living here and working under, so, under stolen Social Security numbers. So when they run those Social Security numbers, if these folks are even paying taxes in the first place, then I would assume that the check would end up in some dead person's bank account or would end up in some person who doesn't even know their Social Security numbers being used by an illegal alien. But it's not going to go into the hands of the illegal alien themselves. So, But anyways, that is going on also on the federal level. Uh, and uh, we are expecting uh, this next big bill, uh, the, the third relief package, to have some real doozies in it. Uh, uh, Re- Representative Ilhan Omar from uh, Minnesota, who's built quite a reputation for herself, uh, recently released the Re- Recover- Recovery Rebates Improvement Act that allows illegal aliens uh, and citizens living with illegal aliens to receive stimulus money. She refers to illegal immigrants as American taxpayers, therefore, you know, completely... Ignoring the fact that they're illegally in the United States. The fact that they're A, here illegally, and B, not Americans. I mean, citizenship in this country does mean something. It should. You don't step across the border and become a citizen in anybody's country. And why she would assume simply that you... You know, when somebody lands here as a tourist, does she consider them, you know, a new American? I certainly don't. Uh, then Representative Lou Correa from, uh, from California uh, introduced the No Taxpayer Left Behind Act, <laughs> which uh, 
uh, expand the $2.2 trillion stimulus package to uh, include illegal aliens. Now, this is how he's going to find these folks. One thing that illegal aliens could do is to file their taxes, if they do file taxes, with the ITIN number, which is the Individual Taxpayer Identification Number, and that he would use those numbers to route it to the bank, account, bank accounts uh, of illegal immigrants. But secondly, you know, then the federal government would, would, would be aiding and abetting illegal immigration, which is against federal law, so it kind of puts the federal government in a bit of a bind. But furthermore, why would we want to, like I said, and this isn't meant to be heartless, but these are people who are not supposed to be here in the first place. If they are detected by Immigration Customs Enforcement, it is going to cost us you know, thousands of dollars in legal bills to deport them. And so if they lose the jobs that they're not supposed to have in the first place, and they're having a hard time making it, and they, and they decide to throw their hands up in the air and give up and go home, then it sounds to me like everybody's winning from that equation. Yeah. Having to pay for their deportation, and they're removing themselves and their families back to their countries where they are citizens, where they are, where they can legally work, and where they can continue to pursue their life without spending the rest of their lives looking over their shoulder, wondering when they're going to be deported. So I don't understand why we would want, you want to throw people a lifeline that you want to be able to hold on and make it. Right. Uh, you know, you don't want to throw people a lifestyle. Well, and, and people to live here illegally by, by helping them out is really throwing them a lifestyle instead of a lifeline. And ultimately, aren't we, aren't we excusing and rewarding illegal immigration and thereby encouraging more illegal immigration? Yeah, I mean, it really builds on the the argument for amnesty. Yes. You know, they've been here so long living uh, under the, the, in the shadows. They've gone through the coronavirus with all of us and suffered this, and it's time to just turn and make all of them citizens. Of course, you know, then that completely undermines border enforcement. Correct. It, it, it rewards those who openly and flagrantly violate federal law, which is not the way anybody should start their American dream. And, you know, it's a slap in the face to illegal immigrants, because when you give an amnesty, then then the, the, green, the, the green card slots that are ready to open up for people who are still waiting in the Philippines or Guatemala or Honduras or Mexico or whatever for their number to come up, those amnesty people get get the green cards ahead of them in fact and, and it can actually push people who are waiting back years and years waiting in their home country back years and years uh when there's an amnesty because all of those people go in the queue ahead of them and there are there are uh numbers on all of the different family categories right and so it, it it's not only rewarding illegal immigrants it is um slapping on the wrist those who are playing by the rules right dave here at the close uh tell folks uh how they can uh support fair and uh how they can follow fair yeah well uh thanks for asking george fair is the nation's oldest and largest immigration watchdog group we're located in the nation's capital right on capitol hill uh, up to our knees in the swamp every day we have 2.2 million members and followers across the country. You can find us on the web at fairus.org. Uh, we have a huge uh, social media presence on Twitter. Look up Fair Immigration or on Facebook. Check out Federation for American Immigration Reform. Uh, we just had a, we put out our own uh, um, research, have our own research team. We just put out a report on the impact of uh, illegal immigration on veterans and their benefits. And maybe you'll have me on next week or in the upcoming couple weeks to talk about that, George. We would love to. We would love to. Thank you very, very much. Uh, stay safe, Dave. Stay safe and keep your family safe. Stay safe and healthy, my friend. Take care. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. Hello, El Conservador listeners. If you are interested in following George Rodriguez, El Conservador, we invite you to follow him at his internet website, elconservador.net. 
You can also follow him on Facebook at George Rodriguez El Conservador and on Twitter at El Conservador for daily commentaries. You can also purchase his book, El Conservador, Conservative Opinions, online at Amazon.com. The book contains essays and commentaries about illegal immigration, fake news, and race relations. If you are interested in inviting El Conservador to speak to your group or event, please contact him through Facebook or through the station at 930amtheanswer.com. El Conservador thanks you for your support. Keep the fire of freedom burning. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. And we've got uh, our friend, uh, one of our regular guests, uh, Mr. Todd Benzman from the uh, Center for Immigration Studies. And I reached out to him because he uh, wrote a piece uh, uh, recently about uh, the issue of the demands and uh, strong word demands. But uh, the demanding by a lot of uh, organizations that the uh, uh, illegal aliens that are in detention be freed uh, from their uh, from the uh, detention centers, obviously, that they be freed because uh, of the covid uh, epidemic, the pandemic. And uh, in fact, uh, and we're we're trying to do some research real quick, but there have been some. uh, there has been at least one court in California, of course, that has um, that has said that they need to be released, and I'm, we're trying to track that down. Uh, let me see if I can find it before before our interview is done. But uh, I, I wanted to reach out to uh, to Todd. Todd, welcome to the show as usual. Uh, tell us uh, what you've written. Tell us what you think about this whole situation. Of uh, I mean, we're cooped up, and uh, illegal aliens that came into the country. Illegally, as I can use that word again, uh, they're, they're, the demand is for them to be released for, for their public safety. I mean, for crying out loud. Uh, what do you think? Okay, well, first of all, the adv- migrant advocacy industry has mounted a very robust campaign against ICE to, and the Trump administration demanding legal and politically demanding that that the uh, administration release everybody who's in a detention facility uh, notably what they're what they're demanding is that these releases all be northward into the United States they should all be allowed to go into the United States because the detention centers are lethal they're so dangerous that their death traps is the way they kind of lay it out and that there's this emergency, urgent uh, necessity that people be released into the United States, probably about 30,000 in, in custody right now. Uh, but what I found is uh, that is never mentioned or uh, also thrown out there while the Trump administration has been resisting this is that every single migrant in a ICE detention facility has it within their own power to remove themselves backwards the way they came. So if you fear that you're going to die in one of these lethally infected uh, detention centers and you, and, and you don't want to wait for the litigation and all the trouble and, you know, politically, uh, you know, requiring, um, you know, the Trump administration to let you out, you can uh, ask for what's called a stipulated order of removal and within a couple of days, the judge signs it and you're out. Uh, the reason that nobody is ever requesting that or even talking about that option is because they there is no emergency. They're using this as a means to get people into the United States, not out of a dangerous situation. So they're kind of exploiting the moment of crisis, if you will. But all it really takes is an order of of uh, stipulation, a stipulated order of removal. They drop their asylum claim. They could pick it up another day, and they're out. Yeah, I mean, in, in essence, yeah, in, in essence, it would become another catch and release type situation like we had in the past, where, we, where, where uh, you know, illegal aliens were caught. Uh, they would uh, demand uh, some type of uh, asylum. 
and uh, then they were released with uh, an understanding that they would reappear at a, at, a, at a later time at a court date, and they never did. So here we're going to have, have another, another type of uh, catch-and-release type situation? That's exactly right. And, uh, you know, a lot of the campaign is focused on San Antonio, uh, the, the Raices, Texas, and some of the other advocacy groups are really folk concentrating their uh, letter writing and petition uh, drive and their automobile protest in the San Antonio area because uh, those detention centers that are controlled out of uh, the, that region are, are the most populated. So they want these releases to be mostly into Texas, of course, but... Um, they don't need to be released forward. They can be reversed. They can re- be re- released the way they came if they're truly uh, worried about it. And they can be released within a couple of days, and they get air- free airfare back home. Yeah, the uh, I'm looking at, at the list right now. Uh, San Francisco's public defender and the ACLU, for example, are suing ICE, uh, demanding that hundreds of uh, detainees be released. Uh, then you've got uh, another demand. Another um, lawsuit at Otay uh, Mesa in uh, in uh, California, uh, claiming again that there you are uh, that it is a a death trap and that uh, the prisoners are being the detainees are being uh, mis uh, uh, mistreated, uh, and uh, it, you know then there's a, there's another one coming out of uh, San Diego regarding the um, an immigrant. Uh, and, and a, a detainee uh, uh, hunger strike. So, uh, you know, the, these uh, these situations are quite uh, numerous at this point because uh, I know there was there was another uh, situation in New Jersey and uh, right here south of San Antonio at the uh, Dilly uh, Detention Center, the Family Detention Center. There was also, uh, there has been uh, several uh, protests and lawsuits, and of course uh, the news media down there. Uh, it, it it really seems to be very very well organized and very well coordinated. Stipulated order of removal. It's a form. It takes them a day or two to get, and they're out. They just have to go the other way. So when the house is on fire, as I wrote, if you're inside a house that's actually burning down and you're all panicked and, and it's an inhabited inside, you don't take the time to choose the best exit and then stick with that exit waiting for it to open. You go with whatever gets you out of the flames fastest. And uh, this whole thing strikes me as disingenuous and exploitative uh, because there is this very fast way to get out of the burning house within a couple of days. You just uh, have to go home. You just don't get to get into the United States. And as we know, the ultimate objective is to get into the United States and just simply disappear forever. That you'll never be seen or deported. That's right. That's and the bottom line. So that's what that's all about. It's a, it's a game. And I find it um, exploitative and disingenuous and inauthentic that these people are campaigning this way uh, and that the American public does not know about this law that allows for expedited removal or voluntary removal out of the country, that it's quicker and easier for them to actually do that. Nobody knows about that. It's it's, uh, embodied in a, a federal code. Well, uh, so, so really, all they have to do the, the process is to uh, ask your nearest uh, ICE ERO officer for the form. They'll bring you the form. You fill it out. You give up your claim to asylum and say, "I'll leave," and it goes to the judge. You don't even have to see the judge. You just the, the judge will read these uh, this form and uh, weigh it, sign it. And you're out. They'll release you and put you on a plane even while you're back. And you can even come back some other day and, you know, apply for asylum then. But but this is a valid escape hatch. And you can also go to a country if you, if you absolutely believe that you can't go back to El Salvador or 
some other place that's too dangerous or whatever. You could go back to one of the countries that you pass through, like Mexico, and apply for asylum there or find find safety there. After all, if it's a true death trap, any any place is better than inside the detention center, as they're saying. But I'll also note that the detention centers in in and uh, under ICE control have their own medical staffs and isolation areas and uh, these folks would probably be in much better uh, stead to just stay right where they are uh, and have access to that uh, medical care which they may not have back in their home countries or even inside the United States. And there you go and that's another issue is is, uh, that they are going to get uh, uh, proper care if they are there in the uh, facility while if they... uh, get out and then just disappear, which they would, uh, that is going to be a whole lot less. Plus, uh, they could get infected out here or uh, they could infect us. So, I mean, it, it just doesn't make any any, any sense. Uh, Todd, here at the, the last uh, minute, uh, tell the folks how they can follow you and where they can uh, read more about you. Sure. You can go to my website at toddbensman.com or you can go to cis.org which is my uh, Center for Immigration Studies uh, site. Look me up there and find all my uh, work. Thank you very much. We've been talking, my friends, to uh, our good friend, Mr. Todd Benzman from the Center for Immigration Studies. Stay safe, Todd. Thank you very much for being with us. Thank you. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. El Conservador listeners, if you are interested in following George Rodriguez, El Conservador, we invite you to follow him at his internet website, elconservador.net. You can also follow him on Facebook at George Rodriguez, El Conservador, and on Twitter at El Conservador for daily commentaries. You can also purchase his book, El Conservador, Conservative Opinions, online at Amazon.com. The book contains essays and commentaries about illegal immigration, fake news, and race relations. If you're interested in inviting El Conservador to speak to your group or event, please contact him through Facebook or through the station at 930amtheanswer.com. El Conservador thanks you for your support. Keep the fire of freedom burning.